Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Flock, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swikowski. What's up, Pastor Joel? Hey, Pastor Jonathan. It sure is lovely to be here. Is it? Yes. Well, what a segue, and I'm so glad that, that you, are, you are feeling lovely, because our topic today is love. Oh, really? Wouldn't you know? Wouldn't well, I would love <laughs> some history and background on this topic, Pastor Joel. Great. So, what do you say about love? It, it is a foundational doctrine of Christianity. Mm-hmm. In fact, we are taught that we will be known for our love for one another. And I, I liken this to the humility episode where we talked about humility being a characteristic that all Christians should exhibit. Love is definitely another one of those where it's really like Christians should always be humble. Christians should always be loving. Like those are, those are the characteristics of all the, of all the doctrine we covered that really every Christian should be exhibiting an example of. So that's basically that, like, that's really the history of the background. It's like, here you go. Something all of us should be experts at. Got it. So it is like this, it's one of these foundations, like we've talked about with humility. Okay. So here's, here's my next question is how have people been hurt by this topic? It doesn't seem like people would be, right. but it how? should be, it should be the doctrine that prevents hurt. Yeah. So is it, you know, have people been hurt by this topic in the church? Yes, they have. And, and you're seeing maybe maybe people have already started seeing this pattern through some of the, the topics we've covered. But really here, the conflict comes down to people either refusing to or not being able to define love. Uh-huh. Part of that reason is because our culture has infiltrated the church. Another part of the reason is really and, and really what that looks like is man-made doctrine has infiltrated the church. Man-made doctrine in a lot of areas has taken, taken the place of, of God's doctrine. And, and really we can see love has more often than not become defined as a feeling or as an emotion <clears throat> or a word that has multiple definitions. But where this really, you know, where this really comes down to, unfortunately, this is one of the words that I think if, if you took a survey of the sermons that are preached in churches every week, I think this would probably be on the top of the list of doctrine that's taught. Yet it's done so in a way that no one can actually intentionally love another person. So wouldn't you know it, if you really want to get down to the bottom issue mm-hmm. of this topic, it comes down to a definition. How is love defined? Wow, that's that is really interesting. So what's going on here is that this is it's really abstract. People are saying, so when you say intentional, that's literally like saying to someone, 
see that person right over there? I want you to walk up to them and love them. Right. And people would be like, what? How do I do that? Exactly. So how do they support that position in the Bible that it's un unable to be defined? Love means lots of things. Okay. Pastor Jonathan. Okay. There's multiple definitions. So the strict side, right? They have, what we've seen is the strict side has lots of rules, lots of limitations. And what this looks like is lots of different definitions for the same word. And one of the, one of the supporting positions I've heard is there's multiple different Greek words for love. So you can't define it yet. You need to do it. You need to exhibit. So this is why it's strict. I can't give you a specific definition. But I am going to tell you, you're required to exhibit the effects of love, even though I'm not going to tell you how to. So if someone walks up to me and says that, uh, you know, you need to love your neighbor, whatever, and they can't define it to me, how, how should I respond to that? What's a, what do you have any strategies for how I can address that? I do. I would say I would ask a question. What we try to do here is we're trying to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, right? So nice. even these people who are coming at me being judgmental or maybe being even hypocritical or maybe being a boss towards me, I can ask questions. I can put whatever I want to say through a question. Oh man, that is such a good, that is such, such a, such a good comment, man. It's, it's really what we'll see once we get to the definition, we'll see it is, it is a way to help us love these people who are abusing us. Yeah. But a question I would ask, how can I love someone if I don't know how to do it? Mm. Or I could even ask, what's, what's your definition for love when you use it? Because the reality is, let me argue these people's side. Let's say there are multiple different definitions for love. When you use the word love, which one of those definitions are you using in that moment? Because nice. the reality is, even if we have different definitions, which you and me have different definitions for words we use. Definitely. We all do have a specific meaning behind every word that we do use when it's used. So that's what these questions, and, and honestly, I don't, when you're dealing with people who are bossing with the strict perspective, I oftentimes am not, I'm not expecting a response. Hmm. This is all about at this point, we're trying to give people tools they can use or questions they can ask to help them be able to bear their own burden in the midst of somebody trying to pull them down. So this isn't about even trying to prove these people wrong. It's just about protecting our own thought process so we can continue to live our lives in a healthy way and hear and hear from God. That's cool. So that's what you mean by, you know, bearing our burden is in the face of a potential judgment or attack. I don't attack or judge back in response to that person doing that. And a question is something that protects me and helps me. Yes. It's, it's not about being defensive. It's about protecting our thought process. I like that. Cool. So so then what we have here is in this strict side of the spectrum, we have 
love is a Christian staple. We are, we'll be known by how we love. So this is super important, but the strict side is unable to define it. Or it's defined as a feeling. Right. So you just like, I, I love, I love tacos. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I have this, I have this feeling or this affection towards tacos. Mm, They make me feel good. Yeah. Cool. So that's, so that's the uh, strict side. So let's get into the loose side. Actually, you know what, Pastor Joel, before we do that, let's go ahead and check our phone lines. And I see one light flashing and it is Pastor Richard Tater. Once you know it. Wouldn't you know? All right, Pastor Dick, you have the floor, sir. Oh, yes. Hello, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Tater calling from McMillan, Alabama. Now, I have the largest church in McMillan, as I'm sure you are aware of now, gentlemen. So I do have somewhat to say upon the matter of L-O-V-E, love. Love means multiple things. Now, I know you're a young man, don't understand this, but I can love my dog and I can love mother. It's very simple. Those are different meanings for the same word. So unless you're saying, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan, I love my dog and my wife, are you saying that that's the same thing? What I'll do is I'll just hang up right now and I will wait. I will wait to hear your feedback on your podcast. And as always, this is my favorite podcast. Wait, God bless. Okay. Well, hey, thank you for the call, Pastor Dick. Always appreciate it. Pastor Joel, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is the, this, I'm glad he called because it helps us flush this out a little further because this is really, even though he didn't say it directly, this is the same defense as people use or the same perspective people use when they say there's multiple Greek words that, that are translated into love. But as far as Pastor Tater goes, first I would I would say I hope he does love his wife more than his dog, um, but I would also ask him whose fault is it if you use the same word to mean two different things? Mm. Because that is one of the biggest ways people misunderstand each other, and the biggest ways there's miscommunications is when there's a word used with multiple definitions. And, and is that, my thought is, is that flaw in my communication and my ability to define words, a flaw that I should apply to the word of God? Mm. Furthermore, this whole Greek thing, let's flush this out a, a little bit too. Because I've heard it claimed that there are anywhere between four to seven, four to seven different Greek words for love. Hmm. Now, first, the fact that it's not even agreed upon how many Greek words mean love. Oh, that's funny. Is also proof that there's a flaw here, right? Wow. Yeah. Four to seven. I got four to seven. (laughs) We don't even know how many. But however, my yes, four ish, five ish, six or seven ish. But the, the main point being here, regardless if it's four or seven. 
There are multiple different Greek words that we, English-speaking people, have translated into one English word, love. Mm. So let's say there are seven, seven different Greek words that have been translated into love. Are all seven of those words truly the love that is required of Christians? No. So we're basically, as English-speaking people, as English-reading people, we have not as quality of a language as the Greek language was, and maybe still is. So because we we don't have as many words to make up these seven different Greek concepts, we've actually misinterpreted and mistranslated the word of God because of that. Wow. The way I would indirectly address this too, if, if I was talking to people about this topic, or maybe if me and Pastor Tater were able to actually sit down and have a healthy conversation, I'd ask him, would you be okay with me using my definition for your words? And this is one of the, a great question when we're talking to people who are refusing to give their definition of the words they're using. And no one's happy with this. No one wants, like, I don't want anybody to use their words, their definition of words to define what I'm saying. Do you think God's okay? If I use a word in my definition of that word and apply it to what God's saying, mm. to God's words, mm. I don't think God would like that. But the love of God, the love Christians are meant to exhibit to each other, that is from the Greek word agape. And that word, when that word is used, that word means to give a value to someone without expecting anything in return from the person to whom you gave. That is the love that Christians are supposed to exhibit. And that is the love that God expresses to us. A it value of a, a value being like, you know, anything of value, like a, I give you $20 and I don't expect you to give me back anything at all from me giving that money to you. And that's Correct. a value. A value. And I, I'll also say it, sometimes I'll use the word something of worth. Nice. So that, that's kind of what that word value means. Cool. And we can, and if, and if you want to look, you look at Luke chapter six, verse 35, Jesus defines agape love from his own mouth. That's where we got this definition from. It's from God's word. It's from Jesus. So that's why I'm so grateful for Pastor Tater's call because we get to flush a lot of this stuff out based on the things he shares. So thank you, Pastor Tater. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so now let's jump into the, the loose perspective, Pastor Joel. We have the strict side. That's all lined out. So let's go to the other side. Let's, let's hear what the other side of the argument has to say. So if the strict side says love is defined in multiple ways, multiple limitations, the loose side would, would say essentially, I mean, they're basically saying the same thing. They're both saying you can't define love. The strict side is saying, if you 
if you do, it's multiple definitions. So here's all these limitations. The loose side is saying you can't define it. And the loose side is really the ones that are saying love is a feeling. And really it's this perspective of we, we should all love everybody equally. We should all be equally loved. And this is actually supported through 1 Corinthians 13, this list of 16 effects of love. People will use this. It's, it's unobjective because it's not the causes. It's just a list of effects. And people use this as their explanation. However, when you look at 1 Corinthians 13, the list of things that there, there's 16 effects of love listed, nine of those 16 effects are what love is not. So this loose side basically uses 1 Corinthians 13 to support their perspective that love really can't be defined or love is a feeling or we should just love people equally. And you know what? If you don't believe me, just read 1 Corinthians 13. It's really poetic and it'll make you feel really exhorted and encouraged. Okay. So, so, so therefore, if all of those things are results or effects, then the second I'm not patient with someone, does that mean I don't love them? Yeah, not necessarily. But that's, would, that would but be essentially, how, it, that's how they would define that? Right, right. Okay. And you Which, see how that gets us in trouble then, right? It is. It's really interesting because it's, you know, the, they're, like you said, they're both saying the same thing where it's like it can't be defined. It's just the difference between the strict side is basically saying, and you need to do it. Right. And the loose side is going, see, no one can do it. Yeah. Or it's like, whatever. It's like, it's whatever it is to you, do it. You know, like. Because we can't, in our own strength, manage these 16 effects mm. every moment of our life. That would just be, that would, and, and that's the point of it being the loose side. The strict side would try to take these 16 effects and cause you to have to manage these in order to be loving the loose uh, side just says read this read these this chapter of the bible it feels really good it's really poetic mm. Ooh, that that feels good reading that right that give you just warm and fuzzies inside that's the love the loose side's talking about i see so how how have you seen people been hurt by that perspective well people are given again it's an unobjective definition for love they're told to love. They're even told to read 1 Corinthians 13, but they're not told how or why to love. Mm. They're only told the what, or what we can see is they're told more often the not what. But the big, the big hurt here, people need to love and people need to be loved. Mm-hmm. And the church is failing to provide this ultimate benefit. And the church is failing to teach how to love as Christ loved. That's what these flawed definitions or lack of definitions is doing. It's preventing people from experience, experiencing the greatest benefit that God had set out for us to experience. The big point here too. People are only angry 
when they have expectations. So we see the definition of love is to give without expecting, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know the cause of anger? An expectation not being met. Hmm. When I'm angry, it's because I had an expectation and that expectation wasn't met. Wow. So not understanding the definition of love results in people not being able to avoid being angry. So these loose side people are hurting others by enabling them to be angry more often. Wow. So let me just, let me just break this down as a, like in an example, if there was, let's say you're part of a family and your, you know, your spouse, it's your day to take out the trash, right? Or your week to take out the trash. And you don't take out the trash and they get upset, then they had an expectation. Right. And in that area that they had that expectation, they were not loving. In that area, they were not. Okay. So man, we're getting into some some interesting topics. Of, yeah. You're, you're, are you saying that expectations are wrong? Nope. Okay. It is not wrong to have an expectation, but I am saying this. If you have an expectation, that is an area you're not loving that person or persons. Oh man. Awesome. Okay. So someone has this freedom perspective. How would you talk to them? How would you address them? Because, you know, oftentimes the people that are on this freedom side of the spectrum have been hurt by people on the strict side. So they flip to the other side. So we don't want to, you know, cause more damage. So how would you talk to those people to address that issue? Well, I'd try to do it again in a way. These are people who, who don't want to be directly taught or directly confronted. So I'm going to try to do this through questions or maybe through sharing on myself. Mm -hmm. One of the questions I could ask is to flip it on them and ask, would you be okay if everyone else only loved you based on how they felt about you? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> right. yeah. And you could just leave it alone at that. Wow. But let's break this down a little bit further and get down into the definitions. And really what we're doing with these people on the loose side is we're, we're trying to take the topic we're discussing and apply it to other areas of life so that it's not so directly confrontational in these people, right? Mm-hmm. So I could even, I could go down the road like this. I could say, would you be okay with definitions that are effect-based, that are state what it is not based in other areas of your life? For example, would you be okay if your car mechanic defined words the way you're defining love? You bring your car in because something's wrong with your engine. You go there and the mechanic writes up his bill and has a big smile on his face. And he's like, well, 
it's not your tires. You'd be happy with that? Oh, I would be super pissed. But it's not your steering wheel. Come on. Doesn't that feel as good as reading 1 Corinthians 13 to you <laughs> when you talk about love? I bet you the mechanic is feeling like he's really helping you. Wow. He's doing you a favor. He is doing you a favor by telling you it's not your tires, it's not your brakes, it's not your steering wheel. And that my response would be, why am I paying you again? Right. What if it was a doctor? Oh, man. And you had heart problems. Oh, man. And you go through all these tests. <clears throat> and your doctor bills are expensive, but mm-hmm. your doctor's feeling like he's doing the whole world a favor by telling you how it's not your stomach, it's not your knees, it's not your hips, it's not your appendix. But what is, what's the cause? You're not helping me until you tell me the cause. That's the equivalent of what we're doing with love when we use 1 Corinthians 13 to define it. It's the equivalent of going to your mechanic with engine problems and him saying a laundry list of things that it's not. Hmm. And you have to be happy with that as much as you are happy with love being defined according to 1 Corinthians 13. Wow. Those are all the implications, right? But the way I actually talk to this person is just simply asking that question. Would you be okay if your doctor handled this, handled words the way you're handling love? And then just leave it alone. Thank you. That's that's amazing. So when you see this going on in the church, Pastor Joel, between the loose side and the strict side, how do you how have you seen the church respond to this this topic of love? Yeah, I think I mean there's there's I think it's it's been handled in unique ways depending on the person, but I think we could categorize them. I think there's a there's these three types of people that we interact with as it relates to this. And I'd say when I see this in the church again, it, this being a doct- a specific doctrine we're covering really gets down to the definition of this doctrine and really the response to whether this word is defined or not and defined according to God's word really shows us how these categories manifest. But there's this group, the group of people that I feel sorry for. They're people with expectations. They're people who think they deserve others' love, yet they can't or won't define love themselves. Mm. These people get angry if they're not treated well, and they're causing this anger to themselves, and they're oblivious to it. And that's why I feel sorry for them is because they're oblivious. There's the people I understand can still be frustrating at times, but I understand the people whose behavior is that they have expectations, but their reason they do is because they've been so hurt by not having a definition themselves and been so hurt by others who also don't have a definition of this very important word. And then there's the people that I'm impressed with. These are people who know how to objectively love anyone, regardless of who it is. They could walk up to that guy on the street and love him or her. Hmm. This person would know that love is giving a value without expecting, and they would know how to do this in any context. 
Their focus is on benefiting others. Okay. So now I want to hear the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel. This is not the loose side. It's not the freedom side. Do you have an ultimate answer regarding the topic of love? Yeah, this one is, this one's pretty simple to name. The ultimate answer here is God's definition of love. And that's to give a value without expecting anything in return from the person to whom you give. That is the ultimate answer. The expectation part, I'll name this though. The expectation part is the biggest piece that the church is missing because people do give, but people expect. True. And we can see how this is flushed out. You know, like even this definition is proven out so many other ways through Jesus's words, not just him defining it in Luke 635, but also him applying it in so many different areas. We can see Jesus said, a famous line he said is that there is no greater love than giving your life for a friend. Why is that the greatest love? Well, I'm giving the greatest amount that I can, my life. And I can't expect anything back because I would be dead. So here's this ultimate application of giving without expecting anything in return. You can even see that further. If you look, what's interesting, we talked about 1 Corinthians 13 quite a bit during this episode. If you look at the first four verses, it kind of does clear up some of the information people need before they start getting to this 16, this list of 16 effects. Mm. If you look, it says, I'll even read it for you. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Giving. These are all instances that Paul is naming where he is giving something. Mm but he's talking about if it's giving without it being love, there's no benefit. It profits me nothing where it proves giving in and of itself is not love unless it's done without expectation. And then I also want to hash out this thing too, because we talked, I talked about expectations a little bit earlier and you know, and talked about how the root cause of anger is a person who has unmet expectations. Mm -hmm. What God has done for us with the doctrine of love is give us the key to dissolving all of my anger problems. Wow. One, he's, he's also given me an objective measure for when I'm not loving. Because every time someone's angry, all I have to do is ask, or every time I'm angry, all anyone else has to do is ask me, what were you expecting? Hmm. And not having this definition of love actually enables anger issues. Hmm. So God's given us the key to removing all anger issues. And the church has failed 
we have failed people. We have failed God. Ultimately, Pastor Joel, what we're saying here is the way to not enable people, the way that people can um, resolve their anger issues, and the way that the the church is actually going to go forward is to have God's definition for love, which is to give without expecting anything from the person to whom you gave. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.